Thank you, Jason and worship team. Um, this morning, I want to launch a new series that we're going to be dealing with uh, through the rest of the month of August and uh, first part of September. And I want to I want to introduce it to you with, with an illustration, if I could. Uh, Peter O'Toole was a famous movie actor and played a lot of different roles, but uh, in one particular movie, uh, he made a statement that you may or may not recognize. For in the script, he stood and he said, Question thee is that, be to not, or be to. Did you recognize it? It was Shakespeare. But what was the quote? To be or not to be, that is the question. Not the question, thee is that, be to not, or be to. But he was portraying a drunk man. And what happens with folks when they get intoxicated? Sometimes they get things backwards. Right? Well, what I want to share with you today is my fear for us as a church, for my own personal fear, that sometimes I can get drunk with the world and caught up in all that's going on that I sometimes get things backwards with what God is really trying to say to me. And I want us to guard against that. I don't think I've ever struggled so hard to get ready to preach for you all for sure. Uh, maybe ever as I have uh, this week. Uh, uh, as you know, I don't use notes. Uh, I preach it several times to a wall in my basement. Uh, the wall's doing bad shape. Uh, and this week as I preached it at least three or four times to that wall... Um, late toward the weekend, uh, it just kept changing. And I'm saying, God, what is it you want me to share? And even this morning, reading my quiet time, I found another passage of Scripture. And I thought, wow. No, no, that was for me. That's not for them. That was for me. That he was honing something down deep into my heart. And I've been on a journey for at least five or six years with the concept of holiness. And I want us to spend time talking about holiness. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. But let's learn together what it really means and not get it backwards, but to understand what the Word of God is saying to us, what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And if you would, turn in your scriptures to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There are a lot of, of different thoughts, but we don't know for sure. And in the 12th chapter, he's beginning to talk about don't grow weary in well-doing. Stay after it. Be consistent. Keep going. And then in verse 14, he made a statement that really arrested my attention. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, he says this, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And I said to myself, is that what it really says? And so I went to other translations and I began to look it up. The King James says it this way, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The Revised Standard Version says it fairly similarly. It says, Strive for peace for all men and for the holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. And then I went to the Amplified and I began to look at, at it to see what it had to say. And this is what the Amplified said on Hebrews twelve fourteen: Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursuing the consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. As I started my journey several years ago, I was in conversation with a guy that was, I would say, very familiar with the Word of God. And, and I was just engaging with him in conversation because that's where God was really beginning to work on my life. And I made this statement, God intends for me to be holy. And he said, not me. I said, what? And he said, that's impossible. God is holy, but I can't be holy. I'm human. And I said, but I'm finding scripture that says I'm to be holy and we're all to be holy. And he said, no, nah, no, you, you don't understand it. Well, boy, I really started digging then. And this morning, I want to set the foundation for this series. And some of you, I'm going to, really frustrate you today, okay? So, I hope you were here in the early morning Bible study because it says don't do anything with grumbling and, and questioning because some of you are going to be grumbling and questioning when you walk out the door because you can say, he, he told us this and he didn't tell us how to do it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But I want you to see it very clearly. This verse that we just read is not the only place that is stated I want you to see this thread that runs through the scripture so if you will take your Bibles and turn to Leviticus let's go all the way back to the Old Testament now, now some of us just run from the book of Leviticus it's that book that God gave to Moses where don't do this and do that and do this and don't do that and it's just a bunch of the laws and things like if you study it it is an exhilarating book. I actually did a week-long study with teenagers. Teenagers. And we studied the book of Leviticus. Now, you want a challenge on teaching, that's it. And they walked away going, this is a cool book. And I thought, yeah, it is. But listen, in verse 44 of chapter 11... Leviticus chapter 11, starting with verse 44. Listen to what God said. God said, For I am the Lord your God. 
Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourself with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. Now don't worry about all those swarming creatures, okay? They're not going to bother you. But listen to what he said. Be holy because I am holy. Clear enough? Some of you are saying yes. Some of you are undecided. Well, it's not just an Old Testament concept. You've already read it once. We're going to read it again. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter is addressing uh, the exiles that have been scattered in the dispersion. So this is going out everywhere. And what he says in verse 15, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Oh man, not only did he repeat what the Lord told Moses... Be holy for I am holy. Then Peter goes and adds by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And oh, by the way, since you're to be holy because God is holy, be holy in everything you do. In everything you do, in all of your conduct. It's getting tougher. Let's first of all, let's, let's decide what holy is. Because that is the question. That is the question. The question is not to be or not to be. Listen. Holiness is not optional. You are to be holy. But what does it mean? When you hear the word holy, okay, get ready folks. Question, I expect response. When you hear the word holy, what do you think about? You can't be wrong. What do you think about? What, what, what? Set apart? Unblemished? Pure? Transcending? Those are all aspects of it. But let me give you one that I think summarizes and pulls all of those kind of concepts together. Holiness is reflecting the character of God. He said, you be holy because I am holy. And Jesus, part of the Trinity provided your salvation and the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, takes up resident in your life and you have His holiness in you 
And us being holy in all of our conduct begins to reflect that character of who he is in us. Reflecting the character of God. Now the actual word in the Greek is hagios. I just love that word. It's just fun to say. Say it with me. Hagios. Hagios. Not Hagendas. Uh, we'll have ice cream later, okay? Hagios. It just sounds cool to me. And when you look at the meaning of that Greek word hagios, it literally means different. Different. That's why I think when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, remember God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it. The Sabbath is different than any other day of the week. It's supposed to be. And in their culture, it definitely was. Leviticus will prove it to you. (laughs) They had all those rules, what you could and couldn't do. The temple that David had a heart to build and his son built the temple. The temple was holy because it was different. It wasn't like any other building in Jerusalem. And what really gets cool is in the temple there was a holy of holies. And guess what? In the middle of that, there was this place that only the priest could go into because it was holy. It was different than all the rest of the temple, who was, which was different than all of the rest of the buildings in Jerusalem. Holy means to be different. And he has called us to be different than people who are not believers. And I fear we sometimes try to blend in and not stick out. We were studying in Philippians this morning. We ought to be bright lights shining in a crooked and wicked generation. Looks like it was written last night's headlines about our world today. But we are to be holy. But it doesn't just happen in Leviticus, it doesn't just happen in First Peter. It doesn't just happen in Hebrews. If you will, go back to Romans, to a very familiar passage of Scripture that we quote all the time. John 3.16 is maybe the best quoted Scripture. Um, believer and non-believer seem to know that one. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But one of the scriptures that we as believers quote so often is Romans 12, 1 and 2. But have you ever really looked at it? And it just jumped out at me. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable which is your spiritual worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect and I was thinking he has challenged us to be a 
living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Now in the Old Testament, the altar, they came and what did they do to the animal on the altar? They killed it. We are to be hagias. We are to be different. We are to be living sacrifices. Which is our spiritual worship. Wow. To be holy. Go to 1 Corinthians. It just keeps going. And I'm, and, and I'm just hitting some high places here. Like I said, just even reading in Colossians this morning in my quiet time before I hit the road this morning. Once again, I found another verse on holiness. It just jumped off the page at me. But in this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, starting in verse 2, we're going to jump down to verse 2 of this, of chapter 1. And he says, And to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Did you see holy in there? Did anybody's translation have holy in there? Good. What what are you reading? <laughs> NIV has holy? Yep. That's that's one that I knew that did. Listen. That's what it means. That is a good translation of that word for it says to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified literally set apart as holy in Christ Jesus and then called to be saints. Holy. God made us. God made us holy. You shall be holy for I am holy. And and this gives us our first hope to me anyway. That I want you to grab it and one other passage that just to kind of get you going on, on the fact of where we're going to go in this study. It says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified, those who at the point of salvation were made holy. They were set apart to be holy when he saves us, if you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, he has made you holy. Done deal. In your very core, in your being, he has already transformed you to be holy. And called and those who have been called to be saints together, those of us who, in the translation of NIV, he says, who are called to be holy, with all of those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. He is the same Lord to all of us, them, us, you, 
me. He is Lord and he has made us holy and he has called us to be holy. And Titus chapter 2. I'll close with this one this morning. Titus chapter 2. This is a little bit different type of a letter where Paul is is writing to a person this time rather than a church. And he's getting very personal with Titus. He says, Titus, I've got a word for you. It's a personal word and I want to make sure you grab it and and hang on to it. And when you get to chapter 2, he says in verse 11... And I'm going to read 11 through 14, but then I'm going to go back and kind of unpack just a moment, verses 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. He brought salvation for everybody who would receive it. It's up to you whether you receive it or not, but He has brought it to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. What he's saying in verse 11 and 12 is, When you become saved, you get a couple of things. The first thing that you get is you get forgiveness for all of your sin. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation. When you acknowledge, I know I'm a sinner and I know I'm separated from God and I know that Jesus is my only hope and therefore I confess the reality of where I find myself and I invite Jesus Christ to come into my life. He brings me the gift of salvation and makes me holy, forgiving me of all of my sins, past, present, and in His grace Dumb stuff I'm still going to wind up tripping into, but not as often. Because, he goes on to say, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. He not only gives us forgiveness for all of our sins, he also brings us freedom from the dominance of sin. When you become a believer, sin no longer dominates you if you are paying any attention to the Spirit of God that's working in your life, who is in you. And yes, we still stumble and fall. None of us have have attained perfection on this earth. But hopefully we're doing better and better every day because we see the work of God training us up and equipping us and and showing us and empowering us how to live so that we will be holy, not just in name, in the core of our very being, 
but holy in all of our conduct and how we live every day of our life. And I'm going to try to share some of these things that I have been learning over the last five or six years. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm just scratching the tip of the iceberg because every time I turn around, it seems like I find another scripture that blesses me on the holiness that He produces. I trust you'll be here. And, and I, I hope that maybe you jotted down some of these passages of scripture rather than just flipping to them. And you'll begin to look at them this week and let the Spirit of God speak to you. But I want you to understand, God has called you to be holy. And if He doesn't make you holy, you will never see Him face to face. If you say, me, I will never be holy, you have just said, I will never see God. That's what Hebrews said. The writer of Hebrews said. To pursue holiness without which no one will be able to see God. But praise God, when He saves you, He makes you holy. And then it's up to us to work that out in our lives so that all of our conduct is holy. I'm going to do something here to end. It's going to be different. Relax. Trust me. Okay? Okay? Yeah, okay. Not a typical invitation. I'm going to ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. You hear preachers talk about that all the time. Well, this preacher this morning means it. I don't want anybody looking up. And as soon as I said that, some of you looked up. Don't look up. Bow your head and close your eyes. And unless the Spirit prompts you at a point when I give you some indication, do not look up. Do not look up. This is very personal what I'm going to ask you to do. And I, shame on you if you look around to see anything. You, you just deal with it in your heart. But because this topic is so serious that without knowing that you have been made holy by what God does through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation. It's so important that you know whether or not you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you to ask yourself. Nobody's looking. I'm not asking you to get up and wave your hand and walk down to the front or do anything like that. But I'm asking you to look deep inside of your heart and if you were to breathe your last during this minute of time, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you would be 
ushered into the very presence of God and see Him because you have accepted His Son as the sacrifice for your sin and you have been freed from all sin. Do you know that? Are you sure you know that? Every eye bow, every every head bowed, and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. I'm going to ask our elders and our staff members to stand. That's all they're going to do. Is they're just going to stand up. Don't don't want anybody to look at them. But with these men that are standing right now, listen to this instruction very very clearly. If when I just asked you that question a moment ago and you said, well, T-Mac, I think I would. I think I would go to see God. I, th- I think I would see Him face to face. But you know, there's just something that's nagging at my heart. And I'm not 100% sure. Or it may be you said, well, I don't believe that stuff. I, you know, No, I don't. I do not know I would go to heaven. If you find yourself in that position, and those of you that are standing, I want your eyes closed as well. I don't want you looking around. I don't want anybody looking around. Matter of fact, I'm not going to be looking around. I'm going to be looking at the baptistry, and in a moment, some of you are going to look up, and you'll see that I'm not looking out there. But here's what I want you to do. If there's any question at all in your heart that you don't know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to look up and see the men that are standing. See who they are. Because you may not know them. And here's my challenge to you. Bow your heads now. Here's my challenge. I'm going to turn around and look. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you had that doubt in your heart, I want you to go to me or any of these other men who were standing after the service is over. And would you just engage him and say, hey, when T-Mac asked that question, I wasn't sure. Could we talk? You bring the questions. They'll open the scriptures and show you how you can know. Folks, you can be seated now. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. That's my invitation. Only you will know. But this is such serious business that I don't want you to walk out thinking, man, I wish I could talk to somebody. Seek us out. Let us show you out of God's Word. Now here's the last part of the invitation. Again, every eye bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'll get that right sooner or later. If you know that you're saved and you know that God has made you holy but you're like me you're working on how to make holiness part of my daily conduct would you be brave enough to pray a prayer that says God I'm going to take this study serious because it's not T-Mac's study, it's your word. 
And you said to be holy like you're holy and to be holy in all of your conduct and that you would train us up so that we won't be ungodly and pursue worldly passions, but we will live a godly lifestyle. And you're ready to pray the prayer to say, God, make me holy. Teach me by your Spirit how to be holy as only you can do it. It's my responsibility to let you work in me and I've got to give you the freedom, but I know you're the only one that can do it. I, I can't work, work it out. I don't have the power. Would you pray that prayer of surrender to say, teach me how to be holy. Father, listen to your children as they pray. Father, I want you to keep working on me. I'm so far from where you want me to be. But I'm so glad I'm not who I was yesterday. And it's all because of you. And I know they're just baby steps right now. But we're all in this together. And we want to be not just holy in our soul, but holy in our lifestyle to bring you glory and to help others find the gift of eternal life that we've found. So in a moment, Father, we're going to be dismissed. We're going to go our separate ways and have lunch and be with family and friends and relax this afternoon. But would your spirit just keep drawing us to your love and to your holiness and allow your spirit to produce in us. And as we go through the study the next few weeks, would you transform us by the renewing of our minds that we can be holy. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, you trusted me. Hopefully I didn't hurt you. As we conclude our service, Gary, I think you've got an announcement that you wanted to make from the pastor search team, if I'm correct, and then you'll pray us out of here, and we'll look forward to seeing you tonight at 5 o'clock when we gather to pray. It's been a marvelous, large number of folks coming to pray, and I think it's making a difference in our lives. Gary? I have a couple of messages from the pastor search team for you. Uh, the last two Sundays, we handed out the uh, survey form. We were hoping to uh, know your opinions about what you're searching for in a pastor. And uh, I ask you to turn those in if you have not already. We sent out about 140. We have 90 back, so 50 of you, more or less, still have them. Um, and particularly on the younger side of our congregation, uh, there seem to be more of them out there. Um, <coughs> We are compiling these, we're praying over them, we're studying them, and we are offering you a chance to uh, have a discussion about these results uh, next Sunday, one week from today, uh, after our prayer service at 5.45 p.m. So if you come to that, we invite you to come to that and attend, and we'd like to hear anything further you may have to say. Uh, this information is only the beginning because this process is uh, guided, informed uh, by the Holy Spirit, 
uh, the pastor search team is merely a means to an end, and the church uh, uh, works through the uh, elders, finally, who are given responsibility uh, for uh, leading the congregation. So we uh, look forward to seeing you next Sunday on that. We also handed out a form about de- demographics. We need some demographic information. Uh, if you have that, please turn it in. You can put it right here, and uh, <coughs> we'll use that information. Now, uh, if you'd like, you can stand or sit and join me in a prayer as we, uh, as we leave. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, time to worship together, to hear your words straight from the Bible, specific verses. So, Lord, my prayer is a simple one. Just help us practice and apply uh, what we have heard straight from your word today. Help us be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives and help us to be holy as you have taught us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.